Working in a veterinary hospital can be stressful, but you know what can overcome that stress? A positive leadership team. This week, we've got a very special guest to talk to you about how you can empower yourselves and your team to live a more optimistic, positive lifestyle. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And it's no surprise, one of the tough topics that we talk about nearly every week for the past six and a half years is how stressful working in a veterinary clinic can be. Well, this week we have got a very special guest, a guy who is expert in all things positivity in the veterinary workspace, and I cannot wait to introduce you to him today. But before we get into that introducing that positivity stuff, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, today's guest is somebody that's been on our radar for a while. Uh, you know, he's kind of come on and, and really made a, a big impact in a short amount of time, relatively speaking. And uh, tell us a little bit about who we're going to be talking to. He is the founder of Positivity. Um, I was I was laughing because I was looking at Josh Weissman's LinkedIn, who is our acclaimed guest for today, and he describes himself as a force for positive change in the world, dedicated to helping others unlock their positive potential so that we may all live more authentic lives. And if that isn't the best way to introduce <laughs> our guest today, I don't know what is. Thank you so much for being here, Josh. Well, can the two of you please be my hype people from now on? <laughs> yes. We're going to call you every morning anytime. with your wake-up call. That's right. Welcome <laughs> to Josh's life. It's one of positivity. <laughs> but Josh, maybe let's start with how did you get involved in veterinary medicine to begin with? Mm. What, what do you, what's your origin story in context of veterinary practice? Yeah, that's that's a wonderful question, Ernie. Uh, I, I stumbled into veterinary medicine. I was working in the specialty department at a PetSmart in Boulder, Colorado, selling fish. And we had a PetSmart veterinary services in that facility. And uh, I wandered over there one day and spoke to the chief of staff over there, Dr. Donald Davidson Dodge III. Wow. No joke, Triple D the third. A lot of alliteration. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I said, you know, I, I have this idea that maybe I want to go to vet school someday. Uh, I don't have any experience in a vet hospital. Can I volunteer here on my days off? And they couldn't do the volunteer thing, so they just transferred me over to the vet hospital. And I started working there as a technician assistant and did that for many years. Uh, so that, that's kind of how I stumbled into vet med. That was about 25 years ago. Okay, but, but prior to that, like, how did you wind up at PetSmart to begin with, selling fish? Yeah, I, I mean, we've, my whole life, animals have been a big part of our life. Uh, I, I have memories of, you know, having a turtle and a little husky puppy and fish tanks. And we had parrots growing up. Uh, Yellowknifed Amazon named Tukey was our first bird wow. in the house. I think I was like mm -hmm. five or six when we got Tukey. Uh, you know, my wife and I now have, I don't know, seven or eight animals. Well, Unless you include the bees, and then we have about 120,000 right. animals. <laughs> but um, So yeah, animals have always been a big, big part of my life. And uh, veterinary medicine was attractive to me because of that. But I got to be honest with you, joining the profession, it it really made me realize that my, my passion and drive was a lot more about the people of veterinary medicine than the animals themselves. And that's really, I think, where you have managed to make your niche. And 
I know that we need people like you in our profession supporting the people in our profession. And right. and you do that wonderfully. But I want to be really clear because what I think folks don't always understand and, and I think is unique and important about you, Josh, is we have a lot of folks out there who are just talking about being positive and being great managers and doing great things and how to be great. But you actually have a master's degree. You have a full-on degree in applied positive psychology yeah. and you have a, you have a specialty in coaching this positive psychology. So this is science. Like for the folks out there like yeah 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 it's all about being happy crappy. I get it. Cha- <laughs> you know, don't let anybody poop in your weedies. This is science, right? And what you teach and how you teach it is science based. Yes, that's 100% correct, Becky. Uh, we were really very intentional about taking an evidence-based approach to the work that we do. And, and for good reason, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the, the, the positive side of things and the applied positive psychology. I want to be very clear about what positive psychology and positive leadership and positive veterinary cultures and workplaces are about. This is not happyology. This is not an attempt to try and force some sort of toxic positivity and, you know, issue or get rid of or admonish or suppress fully half of the human experience. It is not possible for a human being to be happy permanently. Our brains are not built that way. This is about using what science tells us contributes to the experience of thriving or fulfillment or flourishing, even in environments that are intrinsically and inherently difficult, challenging, and stressful. And I think that describes vet med. You know, I think veterinary medicine is, it's always been really hard work. It's always going to be really hard work. We're we're never going to eliminate all the stressors from our profession. And it turns out that even in stressful work, we can thrive. And so we want to take what science tells us helps accomplish that and bring it to life in the profession. Okay, so we kind of diverted a little bit from your journey. So you're now working in the vet clinic at PetSmart, I think it was, and under this Dr. DDD. And so (laughs) explain to us then what happened. Yeah, so I I went through kind of a circuitous journey through my veterinary profession, which inevitably landed with me uh, buying a vet hospital in Boulder, Colorado with a couple veterinarians. And so that's how I got into hospital management and ownership. And I had a lot of success. I know you can't see and your listeners can't see, but I'm using air quotes here. Uh, Traditional success. You know, we made a lot of money, the practice grew, all of those kinds of things. And, And I thought, well, wow, this is great. If I can do it once, I should be able to do it multiple times and started looking at buying other hospitals. Ended up partnering up with a friend and colleague at the time and a a brand new consolidator uh, corporate group. They were just looking to buy veterinary hospitals. They hadn't purchased any yet. So we partnered with them and we bought a much larger practice in in Wyoming. And uh, I kind of dove headfirst into that. I figured, you know, with all the success I had before, I could repeat it here, but on a bigger scale. And um, I really kind of allowed myself to get very caught up in the business side, in the outcomes and the numbers at the bottom of the P&L, and uh, sort of lost sight of the human element. And in doing that, I caused a great deal of harm. 
Honestly, Ernie, if I'm being really candid, I harmed people, myself included. But I also thought that's what you're supposed to do, right? You know, you're an entrepreneur, you're supposed to chase these numbers. And so I chased as hard as I could for as long as I could until I couldn't anymore. And like literally broke down, like depression level burnout that manifested in me, like having a, a complete ugly crying breakdown tantrum in my kitchen one morning for no reason. Like nothing had happened. Nobody said anything. It was just the thought of going to that place one more time had become viscerally unbearable. And so that was kind of my my dark moment in vet med. Okay. So, so now you kind of go to this, I guess what you could loosely term burnout phase. Is that what prompted you to say, I want to understand what just happened here? And is that when you began to pursue your master's and other work in positive psychology? Yes, that's 100% accurate. I I got kind of overcome by this idea. You know, depending on the metrics that you look at, 90,000 hours, 30 to 40% of our adult lives, we spend a ton of time at work. Americans, we spend a lot of time doing work-related activities. In veterinary medicine, I would venture to say that it's probably even larger amounts of our time than the average. Maybe, just maybe, work shouldn't be something that we just survive. Maybe work shouldn't be something that we just get through to get to the good stuff. Maybe work should actually be part of the good stuff. And so I kind of went on a mission to figure out how that could be possible. How can we make sure that veterinary medicine, which is difficult, it is challenging, it is stressful, can actually be part of what contributes to a life well-lived that actually adds to fulfillment? And so that, that set me down on a path which resulted in me going back to school and going through that master's program in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology. Yeah, and I'm certainly glad you did that because I think you bring a fresh perspective on this issue. I mean, you know, Josh, when you look back at history and I'm sure your textbooks, you know, a lot of this is well-trod territory. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not a story that's unique to a certain time or even a culture country, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that it's important to note that, hey, guys, you know, this is a long-time struggle. People are all, and it's not just unique to the vet profession, Josh. I mean, right? This is lots and lots of people suffer from these types of issues. But as you've sort of emerged on this other side, okay, of of positive psychology and, of course, doing now with uh, Flourish Veterinary Consulting and so forth, what what is the the single, if you could, distill it into like those, those top lessons that you feel like you learned going through this, you know, kind of success and and then dark period, and then study. I mean, what are some of the take-home messages that you try to teach during your consulting? Sure. Yeah, so Ernie, um, to get a little bit trite, if I could, um, I can think of it in two ways. You know, you can think of veterinary medicine as the business of veterinary medicine. You can also think of veterinary medicine as the delivery of purpose. Either way, both of those endeavors are first and foremost human endeavors. Right. Business requires human beings. The delivery of purpose requires human beings. And so uh, the the ultimate lesson is, is if we are not cultivating environments that allow human beings to thrive, we're putting a hard cap on the delivery of our purpose 
and or the success of the business. And so, so I started to really look at, okay, what are the things that seem to allow for human beings to thrive in a work environment? And what we discovered was that there's, there seems to be kind of four essential ingredients um, to be, I'm, I'm told I'm supposed to be better at self-promoting. So I'm going to be a little self-promotional. I, I actually wrote a book on this that's uh, going to be published by AHA Press in May. So in just a couple months here, it's the middle of March now, uh, This a book will be coming out on this. It's called Lead to Thrive, The Science of Crafting a Positive Veterinary Culture. And the four ingredients that, that we talk about in that book are psychological safety, purpose, which we we describe purpose as the interpersonal experience of mattering and meaningfulness at work. Right. Path, which is really about achievement and growth, that, you know, I have strengths and I can work towards unleashing and unlocking those strengths. And then partnership. And partnership, I like to think of as kind of the connective tissue of the entire thing. Partnership is about working in an environment where you know that people, especially those in leadership, those who have real influence over your experience, actually care about you as a human being and genuinely care about your success. We found through the literature and through some of our own research that when those four elements elements are in place, we have now enabled thriving at work. And veterinary professionals who work in those environments just do and feel better. So all of that kind of leads to the reason I was so... Well, actually, what I should say is, first of all, congratulations on the book. It is not self-promoting. It is book promoting, which is exactly what you should be doing because it's a resource. I, 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 I'll I, be excited to see if you get rich off of this book. I don't know anyone who's written a book who, who has retired on it. Uh, That's spoiler not what alert, it's Josh, about. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's I, about yeah. that outreach. It's about getting that tool in people's hands. So do book promote because I think it's incredible and congratulations because I know that that takes a lot of work. Thank in addition you. to that, what I am excited to, to talk about today and I think it's important timing is this recent survey that you've done that I think can sprinkle some hope on the future and even yeah. the current state of our profession. Yes. Yeah, we uh, we got really interested once once we you know kind of realized that these four core ingredients existed. We got really interested in finding ways to measure them. I mean, for, listen, we're we're all medical practitioners, right? And so you know, when a dog comes in, it, I don't know, it's a senior pet, and it's just an annual wellness, or uh, it's an ADR cat. We we conduct diagnostics. We want to get baseline. So uh, we feel the same way. So we, we try and measure the organizations that we're working at. So we we developed a tool to assess the presence of these four key ingredients in workplaces. And then we put that tool out into the universe. So late last year in 2022, uh, we asked by convenient sampling, I want to be clear, this was not a, right. a very you know, formalized or structured kind of research, but by convenient sampling, we did ask veterinary professionals who had two key uh, variables. Number one, you work in a veterinary practice. And number two, you have a boss. That was it. Yep. About 600 of them responded to the survey and we asked them to rate 16 leadership behaviors that are indicative of those four ingredients being present. We ask them to rate their agreement. Hey, does your leader do these things? Strongly disagree to strongly agree on a seven-point Likert scale. Four was neutral. So I neither agree or disagree. And then we ask them to tell us about some really important workplace outcomes. Things like 
hey, how often do you think of quitting your job at your current practice? How often do you think about leaving the profession entirely? How dedicated and committed to your workplace do you feel? What's your current level of psychological well-being at work? How do you feel about your state of resiliency at work? And just overall, how happy and satisfied are you with your current job? And then we looked for relationships between those things. We, we were curious to see if these positive leadership behaviors seemed to predict these important outcomes. The, the spoiler alert here is that they do in pretty compelling ways. So I, I love this. You know, it's uh, we, we had recently a, a dear friend of mine who's a, a author I'm sure you're familiar with, Stephen Kotler, you know, writes mm. and does all the, the flow state and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. And, he, you know, one of the, the, the people that influenced me and Stephen over the years, and I'm sure he's got to be in your wheelhouse as well, though he's a little bit older, uh, Martin Seligman. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, I think a lot of us consider him to be the father of positive psychology. And what you're saying here with the four Ps reminds me a lot of some of his work. Yes. So I love the fact that we're building on that. But but let me get into the to this state of how did we get here, right? You know, I mean, and a lot of people have have postulated on this, you know, so but I'd love to get your how did we get to this point in veterinary medicine? Because I've I've been in this now profession as a veterinarian for 31 years. In your opinion, you know, and again slightly different perspective, how did we go from this James Harriet to this <laughs> money-centric thing so quickly? And then how do we get out of it even faster? Yeah, um, that's a, that's a really wonderful question, Ernie. Uh, you know, I I would like to pose a, a question to you and Becky really quick, if you don't mind. Sure, Ernie. When when you went to vet school and Becky, when you went to tech school, did did they ever teach you about human psychology or leadership? No, not at all. I mean, in fact, that's why we started the the Veterinary Success Club, which later morphed into the VBMA, because we weren't getting any of that. Becky, what about you? Yeah, I mean, they don't. They, I think what happens is you get leadership adjacent instruction. <laughs> and I think that's what happens a lot with technicians in general is it's it's leadership adjacent in terms of the what, but not how. Yeah, exactly. And and I think I think what what ends up happening is that first of all, I would even argue back in the James Harriet days is that, you know, the veterinarians, those solo practitioners who were running those small, you know, practices by themselves, they were immensely dedicated to their craft and perhaps yes. even to an unhealthy level. It was just a cult path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a cultural norm back then. And so nobody really talked about it, but, but that was kind of the reality. I actually don't really think that that's changed that, that much. I think what's changed is that we've, we've sort of grown into a culture or evolved our culture in a way that it is now a lot more acceptable to talk about things like work-life balance or whatever, you know, phrasing works for you. But ultimately now we're in a state where nobody's ever taught us a better way. No one's ever taught us how to, you know, establish healthy boundaries for ourselves, how to lead human beings in a way that actually helps them to thrive and then results in the kind of outcomes that we're after. So we default to the things that we know. We're doing the very best we can with what we have. We're trying to change that. We want to fill that gap in the profession. So kind of going back to the survey, it, because I really want to focus on these positive outcomes and the, and the, the data that you found. So you, you listed the questions that you asked. You had your your folks report. And it sounds like you actually had really good. I mean, 600, when I think about yeah. a lot of the surveys and national organizations do, I think uh, 600 self-reporting, you know, is, is good numbers. What did you find? 
Yeah. So I, I gotta be honest here. I'm going to, I'm going to own a little bit darker side of my personality. If you will, I, I tend to be a very optimistic and hopeful human being. When we put this survey out, especially since it was by convenient sampling, I kind of thought that we were going to get the, the dark and gloomy responses. I thought we were going to get, you know, all the people who were unhappy in their jobs, didn't like their leaders and were thinking of leaving vet med. And to be fair, we did get a good portion of those, about a third. About a third of our data set said, you know what? Our leaders don't do any of these positive leadership practices. And those same people, on average, when we asked, how often are you thinking of quitting your job? On a five-point scale, their average response was 4.2. That comes out to be often. I'm often thinking of quitting my job. But... Fully one-third of the respondents said, yeah, actually, our leaders do some level of these positive leadership practices. And I got to tell you, the responses from those people were awe-inspiring. Average response to how often are you thinking of quitting your job was 1.8. That's just under rarely. That's somewhere between never and rarely. That's really amazing. Uh, average response to how satisfied are you with your job was highly satisfied. Uh, these, these people had higher levels of well-being. They reported on average uh, you know, overall, all things considered, how are you doing? They said, you know what? I'm doing really well despite the struggles and challenges I face. How, uh, how psychologically safe do you feel? They said, I feel highly psychologically safe in my work environment. How often do you think of leaving the profession entirely? Rarely. I rarely think about leaving vet med. Like it, that was amazing. And we're talking, a little over 200 of our respondents that had that those average responses. I feel like that's a, a, a glimmer of hope. And it's funny. I almost, you know, I understand that you, we can't track it back, but it's, it's like, I almost want to know, are they all the same people in the same practices? Because we've got these practices <laughs> yeah, doing right. the right thing. And so 10 people from that practices. And, and, and I feel like what you did was great because I have seen this almost peer pressure to not enjoy vet med anymore. This mm, almost like yeah, peer right. pressure thing of like, well, I actually really like my job and I don't hate everyone and everything. And I don't feel yeah. like I need to shame clients and I'm not yeah. connecting to the people in my industry right now because what they're saying isn't what I feel. And I think one, it was a great opportunity to give folks who are enjoying their jobs based on the way that you said, Hey, like, do you like your job? Do you have a boss? It fill out this survey, a place to say, I actually am still really happy. And mm -hmm. those voices need to be heard because so often those squeaky wheels get oil, right? No matter what yep. they're squeaking about. So I'm really, really glad that that is kind of what you pulled together from this survey. A hundred percent. I'll tell you, when we got those responses, we got we got really inspired to try and tell that story too. Because I'm I'm with you, Becky. I think that we are running the risk currently in our profession of telling a story that's going to deter people from joining our profession, and it's. There's validity in that story. There are people who have really bad experiences in vet med. I was one of them. And if that's the only story we put out into the world, the stories we tell, the questions we ask, what we focus on becomes our reality. And so we wanted to try and use this data to try and tell a different story. So I'm going to tell you another short story that I think will give you a little bit of hope. 
about a week and a half before VMX, we said, you know what? We're going to go to VMX. We're going to try and find people to interview who are having this kind of positive experience, who have leaders who are positive leaders. So I put out a call just into my network. That's it. Open call just on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Hey, if you are a veterinary professional who currently works in a practice, you have a boss, you love your job, you'll be at VMX, and you're willing to sit down in front of a camera and get interviewed by me, please reach out. 10 days before VMX, I had over a dozen responses. I couldn't interview all of them. We only had enough room for five people. So it's out there. It's definitely out there. And I think that's the story we need to start telling too. We've talked about this a lot, about how the the cultural norms are shifting towards the I'm admired and, and, and unhappiness and my job sucks and my boss is the worst and clients are horrible. And we've talked about how that is self-fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is a real concern. And I'll share with you a, a real story that happened to me in Canada uh, about 20 years ago. So, you know, I, obviously I'm very similar to how, taking care of your people, positive workplace. I mean, I've been there, done that, lived it for my career. And I'm talking about, you know, our clinic and our staff training and and how, again, the focus is on checking in with our staff and, and performance mm-hmm. of all the all the things that you should do to build a positive workforce, right, and, and workplace, and so literally front row, a lady just shoots her hands up and says, "You know, Doctor Ward, it sounds like you have created some kind of utopia." Well, I've got news for you: we don't live in a perfect world, and our clinics are nothing like this. And I think this is preposterous. And I'm going, "Oh wow!" <laughs> you know, so not only do you lose that room in that moment, but you realize, yeah. "Wow!" When people see someone celebrating and having success in a positive fashion, there's always going to be a negative counter to that. So if you're out there listening today and you're going, and Becky, you and I have done a whole podcast on this, and you're going, hey, my boss is pretty good, or my coworkers are great, or I like my job, you know, you're not alone, I would argue, right, Josh? And we have to keep bringing that story up. And it's something that even at Veterinary Economics, and and back when I was uh, on staff at DVM 360, you know, when when we all kind of got moved over there, you know, I kept talking about the, the editorial narratives that we were creating, and I thought they were harmful. And and sadly, that is persistent today. So to that point, Josh, what is it you're we're doing with these survey results? How how are we putting this into action? So when your folks out there are saying and they're listening to this thinking, I want my team to feel that way, or or if they're just thinking, I wonder how my field my team feels about this. Like what are those actionable steps? Why what what can a clinic do with this information? Get your book. Read your book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Erna. Yes. Re- read the book. Um, access the report. It's freely available on our website. At the end of the report, there are some, you know, small first step recommendations as well. Uh, through my consulting firm, Flourish Veterinary Consulting, we, our team helps to teach these skills as well. You know, I mentioned that gap earlier. We, we do the best we can with what we know. And if nobody's ever really taught us the skills of cultivating psychology, psychological safety, of enabling mattering and meaningfulness, of establishing healthy, productive, you know, values-aligned goals, of creating high-quality connections at work. Nobody's ever taught us how to do that. We're stumbling. We're stumbling through the dark blindfolded. And so we want to help fill that gap and teach people how to do that. So that's a large part of what we do is we, we help leaders learn, develop the skills of positive leadership. 
So I, I, what I kind of want to add, and this is, I guess, me, Josh, promoting you because I know you won't self-promote. You're like, okay, over here at Flourish, we've got these tools. Like, okay, hold on. Well, rewind the tape because you actually have a whole set of tools and like a whole program that helps people create this scenario in their clinic, right? Like, so, so it's a lot yeah. more than just like, we can help you, but like promote <laughs> that a little bit. Tell them about what you have or what is coming because, again, I think we have a lot of the what but not the how. Yeah. Thank you, Becky. Uh, yeah. So we, we have a program. It's, it's meant to be an entry level program called Unleash. And Unleash is, uh, it revolves around the same stuff that you'll see in our, uh, study report and, uh, leadership development around the four P's. So we, we measure these ex same exact metrics in your hospital. Uh, we do it confidentially. We provide a report of findings that's unique to your practice. We benchmark it against our average data set. And then we sit down with your leaders and we work through leadership development. So we lead a virtual workshop. It doesn't have to be in person to save time and money. Uh, and uh, we teach people, leaders in your practice, about the four Ps, what they are, the science behind them, and explore how you bring those things to life. And then we help your team. We facilitate your team in coming up with an action plan, a positive leadership challenge, if you will, is something that they'll do together over the coming, you know, 30 to 60 days. And then we we walk that journey with them. We provide ongoing leadership coaching for a few months after the workshop to help uh, with implementation. So that's kind of the entry-level program that we offer. We also do long-term consulting. Uh, we have several practices that we work with on a month-to-month -month basis, and we just sort of provide positive leadership and positive culture development on an ongoing basis basis. Gosh, Josh Weissman, Flourish Veterinary Consulting. Thank you so much for sharing your positive messages with the viewfinders and the whole profession. Thanks, Josh. Oh, thank you so much, Ernie. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, you and Becky are an inspiration to me and my team. The, the kind of positivity that you put out into the environment and your true leadership, it, it really is awe-inspiring and I'm grateful for the both of you. Gosh, there that you is. Just made I had our you day. on here just for that. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I've been waiting 30 minutes for Josh to tell me how amazing <laughs> I was. <laughs> well, viewfinders, no. if you want to tell us how amazing Josh Weissman is, uh, and maybe even the podcast, Becky, how can they do that? You know where you guys can find us over on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, and uh, you can shoot us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. And we'll have all of Josh's links in the show notes below. Again, Josh Weissman from Flourish Veterinary Consulting. Definitely check out his book coming out in May. Again, we'll have links to that in the show notes. Until next time, guys, keep a positive outlook. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs>